Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters, and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. What's up, all you beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today is episode number 42, Zodiac Revealed. I have a very special guest today who is not only an author, but a very intelligent man. So welcome, Mr. Micah. How are you? I like that short and yet incredibly accurate description of me. (laughs) Well, you completely are. So we're going to start out today. um, Tell everybody about your book series. Okay. So what I talk about is astrotheology in the Bible, where there are these hidden codes using the Zodiac as the, uh, you can call it a primer or a cipher, whatever you want to call it, using the Zodiac itself to decode the Bible. And as we get into it, things are going to make a lot more sense to you. Um, basically what I have done is there's people out there teaching astrotheology. Now, granted, I'm doing new works towards it and decoding new passages. And I've done work on like the book of Enoch and the Enuma Elish as well, too. Um, as well as like the book of Job, Raziel, um, Revelation. For those who don't know who Raziel was, he was the angel that came down to help teach Adam and Eve how to live outside of paradise after they were kicked out. Um, just all this kind of stuff. And then basically you bundle that with conspiracies. And my book series is basically like national treasure meets the Da Vinci code. Uh, and I've written six books. I have a six book deal with the publisher. Um, and, uh, as it stands right now, um, you know, I'm selling autographed copies myself, you know, they're selling on Amazon and all, all the platforms and, I'm kind of taking a new way, a new approach, kind of like a, uh, I guess the best way to describe it would be I'm kind of trying to mainstream this science. I'm trying to like wake a bunch of people up to this Mm -hmm. um, because the Bible in itself is just an astrology book. And if you know what to look for, you could start to make sense of parables that don't really make sense unless you use things like apologetics to decode it. Right. And I I want people to understand that, um, keep an open mind to this because he's not wrong. Uh, The things that we're going to discuss today that are actually in the Bible itself, um, keep an open mind to that. But can you explain to people, like, what is astrotheology? Astrotheology is the mythology of the Zodiac. Um, And we're going to go through the 12 signs together because I have to give you guys the code in order so that we can decode. Right. Um, But it doesn't take long. It's the mythology of the Zodiac. In the same way that the Greeks and the Romans had their gods and their planets and their mythologies, this is the mythology of our modern day Zodiac. Yeah. Yeah, And it 
you know, I think this is really interesting because from what I was reading, astrotheology dates back from anywhere from five to seven thousand years before Christ. Oh, it da- it dates back way further than that. Yeah, so that this is very, very interesting stuff. So how did you get into astrotheology? I got into it because I had moved to Boston. I'm from Long Island, and I had moved to Boston for a job, in, a job uh, <clears throat> with uh, an ex who I was living with at the time, who I'm no longer with. And she had gotten a job up in Boston, too, in Foxborough, where the Patriots play. And um, basically, my job wasn't starting for a little while. So we had just got up there, as you figure, 2013. And there wasn't a whole lot going on. The iPad had just come out. So she'd be on the computer and I'd be on the iPad just diving down rabbit holes. And I came across two guys called uh, Jordan Maxwell and Santos Bonacci that are sort of legends in this field. And I'd never heard of it. And as soon as I started diving into their rabbit hole and just gobbling up all their information to the point where I was able to start decoding things myself, um, I, I just spent hours every day, just hours and hours just listening to them and, and learning the science. And I think I found a, a way to condense it so that it's more user-friendly and uh, more fun to read, too. Yeah, and I just want to say, you mentioned Santos Bonacci. Uh, anybody that's listened to the shows that I did with David Weiss, um, he's brought that up before as well. So he is definitely very well-known, uh, Jordan Maxwell. I don't I don't know very well, but I have looked into some of the things that Santos Bonacci does. So he's absolutely incredible just the way he explains it, but he's got a wealth of information. The difference between me and him is I'm, is he's just presenting all the information. And as far as wealth of knowledge goes, I'll be the first to say that he blows me away. Still, there's, there's still hundreds of hours of tape that I haven't seen him talk about. But as far as what I'm doing, I'm trying to mainstream it. I'm trying for people to understand that, Hey, there are people that know that the Bible is an astrology book and they don't want you to know. Um, there are things in play for that. And there's a reason for that, too, which we can get into. Right. Which I completely agree with that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start with your uh, presentation. Sure. Tell me what's going on. Well, you mentioned, let me start off with this. You mentioned that astrotheology is uh, five to 7,000 years before Christ. It actually goes beyond that. Um, there's these caves in France called the Lascaux Caves. And what they were, were there were these caves that these people found, these uh, scientists found, and they went deep into the caves. And when they went into the caves, they found all sorts of drawings, um, basically they found a bunch of lions, a bunch of bulls, a bunch of horses. And in astrology, you know, that the bull is Taurus, that the lion is Leo, that the horse is Sagittarius. Now what they did was they brought in an astronomer for some reason and a computer, because we have the technology to do this now with the computer and they carbon dated the wall and it came out to about 40,000 years old, plus or minus about 5,000 years. And what they did was they rewound the sky back 40,000 years just to see if there was any correlation. And when they superimposed the image that they found there, all the constellations lined up. So humanity has known about astrology for at least 40,000 to 45,000 years. This is just a given. This is just fact proof that they've shown. It's not mainstream, but it's fact. Right. So they've known this and it's, it's, it's been the guiding force in all the religious texts. 
like I mentioned before, all the ones that I've decoded. Um, it's been a guiding force behind them. And it's really kind of cool when you think about it. Um, there are questions in the Bible that they use apologetics to explain, but can be explained with astrology. For example, how Jesus was able to heal the blind, how he walked on water, how he turned water into wine, why he had 12 disciples, why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, why he was dead for three days, why his birthday's on December 25th. People will argue his birthday is September 11th or whatever. There's mm-hmm. a reason that his birthday is celebrated on December 25th. Right. Okay. If we go to Genesis 114, mm-hmm. it says, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. And this perfectly sums up the Bible. The Bible is an encoded, basically uh, primordial farmer's almanac. That's what it basically is. If you think about it, if you go back in time, I mean, not not even if you go back in time, let's say there's like a cataclysmic event. Okay, and we all go back to hunt and gathering. There's things we would need to find. Finding God and religion would be so far down that list, it's not even funny. We would need to know how to survive, how to eat. We would need to know which mushrooms and which plants are poisonous and which ones we can eat. We would need to dress ourselves. We would need to figure out medicine. We would need, there's so many things we would need to do. And when astrology comes into it, you also need to know when to plant, when the season is to plant. Like now is the spring. This is when you plant. Right. This wasn't always known back then. Uh, it's not just when you have to plant, it's when you have to uh, reap, when you when you have to um, gather everything that you planted, you know, that has to do with uh, some of the later signs in the Zodiac. And uh, you would also have to know when winter was coming. And they didn't have calendars, clocks, watches, or anything back then. Right. Okay, we, we take for granted that we get a calendar from the local uh, real estate agent every year. But mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Like we know the cycles now, but basically they were encoded into the Bible and they were, uh, there's a passage where Jesus says, uh, eyes to see and ears to hear. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, you have to be able to know how to read the signs and decode this and read this for what it is instead of taking it literally. Right. See the idea behind astrotheology, the main idea is that Jesus is the S U N of God, the son of God. He's God's, he's the light of the world, which the son is. He's the son, not the S-O-N of God. That's if you're reading the story literally. Mm-hmm. It's just a switched letter. That's all it is. Um, and you can still see that in many churches nowadays. You see uh, the son of God or the son of God. They're interchangeable, S-U-N, S-O-N. There's hundreds of pictures. Jordan Maxwell does a thing on it. But the best way to explain this is to just dive right in and to just go through the uh, 12 signs. Let's do it. All right. And I apologize for people that know the 12 signs, but when you when you have to – I'm going to tell you what words you have to look for and you'll know which sign they're talking about. So I start with Aquarius because that's basically January. That's the start of our calendar year, even though the Zodiac calendar starts in Aries, which makes sense because by the time you get to September, October, November, December, that's the seven, eight, nine, ten right. signs, which is how it used to be. Um, and there's a reason that January 1st uh, is our new year. And the reason behind that is astrology too. The reason behind January 1st being our new year is because when you go out at midnight on December 31st at midnight and you look up in the sky, 
when you go out to like bang your pots or have a cigarette or something. And you look up in the sky and you look all the way up as high as you can. You'll see our dog star, Sirius. It's at its height on just on December 31st at midnight. Then if you follow a line straight down, you get Earth. And then if you follow a line straight down from that, you get the sun. It's a perfect alignment. So that's why December, that's why January 1st is a special day. Most everything could be traced back to astrology. Because that's what they needed to know. They needed to know you look at the sign, you got to know what to do in the sign. And that's what I'm going to teach you. So Aquarius, the first sign is Aquarius, which is uh, represented by a man holding a water pitcher. Okay. So when you're talking about someone like John the Baptist baptizing someone, that's how he would do it with a water pitcher and pouring the water out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Words like fountain, for example, it's basically that there's so many fountains that are made of a man just pouring it out. Um, Those are kind of key words that you have to look for Aquarius and Pisces is the sign of the two fish in the water. Aries is the ram. Now in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. We actually just passed it like almost a month ago. Mm -hmm. It's a 12 hour day and a 12 hour night. It's the equal. Okay. It's also the Passover. Now in, in Judaism, the Passover is God passing over Egypt and anybody who didn't have the lamb's blood on their door, uh, the firstborn son died. However, the Passover is also the passing over of the sun over the equator and back on its way to its height in the summer solstice. Now in Christianity, the passing over is changed and it becomes the resurrection of God's son, S-U-N. So it's basically, it's the same meaning, but it's said in two different ways, you see? Right. So, and also it's why the Jews smear the lamb's blood on the door because the lamb is, it's a baby ram. That's Aries. The Jewish people on the high holy days blow the ram's horn at the sky because they're the people of Aries. See, the Egyptians were the people of Taurus. That's why in all their hieroglyphs, you see pictures of bulls with the sun in between its horns. They're telling you they're worshiping the sun in Taurus, whereas we're the people of Aquarius right now. We just left the people of Pisces. Okay. And the people of Pisces were the Christians, and we'll get into that. Okay. So Taurus is the bull. Now, now this is when you start looking at the sky. When you look at the sky and you see the bull, it's as above, so below. You look up, you see the bull, you you know that on earth you need to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds so that you can harvest in Virgo and Libra. Then Gemini is the twins. It's the story of Castor and Pollux Troy, whose sister was Helen of Troy. It's the story of Achilles. Mm -hmm. Then Cancer is the crab, and it's the sideways moving creature. So what the sun does, this is how the sun operates. Starting on December 25th, it rises a degree on its axis. And then each consecutive day after that, it rises an additional degree. And it continues to rise an additional degree until it hits June 21st, which is the summer solstice, which is in Cancer. Then for three days, it rises to the same degree. So basically, it walks sideways like the crab. Okay. And then on June 25th, I'm sorry? I was going to say that makes sense. Right. And then on June 25th, it lowers a degree. Okay. Now it's going to continue to lower a degree until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice. The sun is at its lowest point. 
And then just like for three days in cancer, it stays at that lowest point for three days. So you find out three things. Number one, December 21st is the day that the sun dies. Then for three days, the sun is dead. That's why God's sun was dead for three days. And then on December 25th, the sun springs back to life or the resurrection, which is actually celebrated in Aries. But it's the story of Jesus coming back to life because he's the sun. Okay. Now, Leo is the king and he's the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when you're talking about or you hear phrases talking about the kingdom of heaven being near, that's Leo in its ruling. That's uh, the sun in its ruling planet, in its right phase, its rightful place. Then Virgo is the woman holding a wheat stalk. So remember before when I said that you plant in Taurus? Mm -hmm. Well, basically, you look up, you see the virgin with the wheat stalk. Then the young women or the virgins would go out into the field and cultivate the wheat in order to make bread for the year. That was the woman's job. Okay? So when you hear things like bread or virgin or young woman, they're talking about Virgo. Then Libra is the justice. It's the scales. It's the balance. It's the just one. And the reason it's justice is because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox. Think about it metaphorically. It passes over the fall equinox, and then it's basically sentenced by Libra to death. Make sense? Because it dies on mm -hmm. December 21st in Sagittarius. Right. So every year it's, it's judged in Libra. Uh, the Jews always celebrate the new year around the fall equinox. Um, and because Libra is the justice, it's the judgment, it's no wonder why the Jews also celebrate something called Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. It's the Day of Judgment, where they fast all day, and they go to temple, and they pray that God will keep them in the Book of Life for another year. Okay? Now, so Libra, when you hear words like justice, judgment, law, tax, things that involve law or justice— you're thinking about Libra. Libra is also wine season. So when you plant the grapes in Taurus, you press the wine in Libra. Okay. Anybody that's ever been to a vineyard knows you go September, October, everything is green. Everything is lush. People like to go in the spring and the summertime, but everything is bare. You go in the, in the you go in September, October, you're going to see that. And that's across the, the board. Libra is also olive season. So you've got things like justice, judgment, um, the just one judges, um, wine, vineyard, wine press, grapes, and olives, okay? Those words coincide with Libra. Now, Virgo is the bread and Libra is the wine, okay? So the bread and the wine, those are the two symbols of Christianity. It's not done by accident. So Scorpio is the scorpion and he is the betrayer. And when a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like a pair of lips. That's the betrayal because it looks like a kiss, but it's full of poison. And it's where the mafia gets their kiss of death from, the metaphor. That's where it comes back to. And it's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. The reason he was betrayed by Judas with a kiss is because Jesus is the son and Judas represents Scorpio. He's the betrayer. That's why he betrayed him with a kiss. He could have stoned him or pointed him out. They said he gave him a kiss that was done on purpose. That's because of this. So the sun mm -hmm. is judged in Libra. 
and it's betrayed in Scorpio. And then finally in Sagittarius, that's the horseman with the bow and the arrow. The bow and the arrow shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated as a spear going into the side of God's son. And they explain it in Job. I'll get to that. So we went over in Sagittarius, December 21st, being the death. So anytime there's a death in the Bible, they're talking about Sagittarius. And you can make further connections from that. So basically, the last sign is Capricorn. Now picture the zodiac wheel. Capricorn's at the bottom. Picture uh, the sun kind of walking alongside the outer rim of the zodiac wheel. Okay? Okay. You picture him doing that. Well, it's a metaphor because the... Capricorn is the goat and the sun starts its climb in Capricorn, December 25th. Okay. So the goats climb the mountains better than anyone. So that's why it's the goat because that's when you start the climb on the mountain. And that's basically, that's basically the 12 signs. So now we can get into some interesting stuff unless you have a question. No, go ahead. Okay. So the sign of Capricorn is the goat, the names for Jesus. Okay. It, when the sun is in Capricorn, he's known as the scapegoat of Israel. When the sun is in Aquarius, he's known as the son of man, because Aquarius is the sign of the man. When the sun is in Pisces, he's known as the fisherman of men. Pisces is the two fish. It's also why he fed the masses with two fish and five loaves of bread. This mm-hmm. is a little more advanced, but the two fish are Pisces, clearly. And the five loaves of bread are Virgo with the wheat stalk, remember? Right. Those are opposing signs in the Zodiac. Okay. The, the way that the Bible goes is they talk a lot about opposing signs. And that's how you know that you're on the right track when you're starting to decode things. Um, the ram in Aries, he's known as the lamb of God. When, when the sun's in Leo, he's known as the lion of Judah. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, Virgo, he's born of a virgin and he's called the bread of life. When the sun is in Libra, he's the scales of justice. He's known as the just one. Mm-hmm. And he's betrayed in Scorpio. He dies in Sagittarius. And it's also why he's worshipped on the sun day. That makes so much sense. That's like, th- how long did it take you to do this? Well, the names for Jesus, I borrowed from Santos. I'm not going to lie. But as far as everything else, I've, I've kind of uh, been putting it together. It's A lot of it is learning. See, I haven't really gotten into what I've decoded yet. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this is just preparatory work that I've heard from other people and stuff. But it's kind of like the most important. Can I curse here? Uh, oh, of course. Absolutely. Okay. This is like the most important shit that I'm like laying out to start mm-hmm. with. Um, but... I do come into my own decodings because I kind of have my own thing. So I basically, I gave you the cipher. We're going to use that cipher and I'm going to remind you of the cipher because we're going to, we're going to see keywords all over the place. Okay. 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 So Proverbs 16, 18 says pride comes before the fall. I don't remember if we talked about it last time, but did I ask you to define it? Yeah, and there's two different things, um, which prideful is always your downfall because when you're too prideful, that brings shame on yourself. But also pride is what lions are. It's a group of lions. Yep. 
Yeah, that's what I told and you I, last time. I know, I know that because I watched the Discovery Channel. Yep. <laughs> Animal <laughs> Planet. <laughs> yeah, a group of so pride comes before the fall. So you want to read it literally? Your ego will be your downfall. That makes sense because that's that that that's a functioning truth. Right. Astro theologically, which is what you're supposed to read, the deeper encoding, a group of lions is called a pride. So right. pride is the lion. The lion is Leo the lion. Leo's in July and August. That comes before the fall. Yes, it does. So it just pieces together calendar and where the star locations are. That's what the Bible basically does. Okay? If I read you Micah 5.2, which is my namesake, it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. However, so basically Micah is saying that the savior is going to come from a town called Bethlehem in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bethlehem in Hebrew is a combination of two words. It's bet and lechem. And bet means house and lechem, which means bread. You can look this up. So it's the house of bread. Well, we just spoke about how Virgo is the house of bread. It's the virgin mm-hmm. with the wheat stalk. Okay. Right. So he's saying the savior will come from Bethlehem. The savior will come from the house of bread. So the savior will be born of a virgin. You see how that metaphor just slides in there? Right. Absolutely. Now I'll read you one from Deuteronomy. Okay? And All right. you tell me how many signs you see or you hear. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky grounds. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. Wow, that is literally full of signs. Yep. And it makes sense if you read it straight away, but it's all astrology. Now, what I didn't describe to you is he gave them honey. They talk about honey a lot in the Bible. Talk about the milk and honey, right? Mm-hmm. Honey. Okay, he gave them honey from the cliffs. There's a group of stars in the cons- in the con- in the zodiac sign Cancer called the Beehive Cluster. So metaphorically, that's where the honey comes from, uh, and olive oil from the rocky ground. We already said that olive oil was Libra. Mm-hmm. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. That's both milk based. That comes from the Milky Way galaxy, whose word goes back to then. Yes, it does, and. Basically, the center of the Milky Way galaxy is in Sagittarius. So the land from Cancer to Sagittarius, that's your land of milk and honey. Right. And you hear that a lot throughout the Bible, the land of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it really means. Are you familiar with the uh, the Mount of Olives? The Mount of Olives? Yeah. No. Okay, so Jesus led his disciples to the Mount of Olives after his last Passover so that he could teach them a few more things, basically pray with them and wait for Judas to betray him. While walking to the Mount of Olives, he gave the parable of the true vine. Okay, now Passover takes place in Aries. Okay, so picture your zodiac wheel. Okay, you're in Aries. Where right after that, he walks to the Mount of Olives. Olives are in Libra. Those are cross signs. They're opposing signs. So you go across the Zodiac to Libra. They are opposing signs. 
they're in labor and they're waiting for Judas to betray him. And the betrayer is Scorpio, which is the next sign over from Libra. And in Libra, he gave the parable of the true vine or vineyard or wine press, which is Libra. Remember the wine? Mm -hmm. So that's how this works. They jump across the Zodiac. They, they constantly talk about cross signs or opposing signs, as they're actually called. And they talk about the, the neighboring signs. Those are the most important signs. Uh, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Yeah, we went over this. <laughs> so your cross sign is Taurus. Lucky me. Your cross sign is Taurus. <laughs> yep. uh, your cross sign is Taurus. And your neighboring signs are Scorpio and Sagittarius. Okay, so I can come up with like a creative Bible-esque phrase for you to explain how this works too. But uh, let me see if I can keep going. So I'm going to go into the book of Revelation now. Okay. okay. This is 4-7, Revelation 4-7. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. The first living creature was like a lion. That's Leo. The second was like an ox. That's Taurus. The third had a face like a man. That's the sign of the man, the son of man. That's Aquarius. The fourth was like a flying eagle. We didn't go over eagle. But in astrology, the Scorpio scorpion is the belly crawling creature. So it's basically the lowest form of life on earth. The same way that God made the snake crawl on its belly as the lowest form of life on earth. The Scorpio does the same thing. It's evolved form. Wait, don't don't liken me to a snake. I don't like snakes. <laughs> You're a very unusual Scorpio. You must be a cop. I am definitely. I don't fit my sign very well. It's okay. You're, you, it, it's more than just your sun sign, to be honest with you. It's your rising sign. It's your uh, moon sign. There's things that go into this, but I'm not going to get into any of that right now. But basically, um, the evolved form of the Scorpio is the eagle, which is the highest flying creature. Okay, it soars above. The eagle evolves one more time and becomes the phoenix. And the story of the phoenix is basically the story of Christ. Uh, Christ as the sun, S-U-N of God. It's a flaming entity that dies, just like the sun dies December 21st, and mm -hmm. then comes back to life amongst its own ashes December 25th. Right. Rising from the ashes. Yep. So you have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio. Those are the four fixed signs of the Zodiac. You have things called mutable signs. You have things called cardinal signs. You have things called fixed signs. Okay. And the interesting thing is, is that the, the cross that everybody's talking about Jesus that he carried, that what the cross is, is it's a, you connect the, on the Zodiac wheel, you connect the solstices and the equinoxes together and it forms a perfect cross. Okay. These four. Yes. These four. And that's the cross that, of God's son that he lives and dies on. Um, these four signs form an X through the cross. Okay. So it wasn't done unintentionally. It forms a perfect X. Then I go into revelation 12, another revelation passage, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. Now, mind you, people take this literally. Mm -hmm. That there's going to be a giant woman in the sky with a dragon. Well, there is. Okay? 
a woman clothed with the sun is just a metaphor for the sun being in Virgo. See, there's 12 signs and there's 24 hours in a day. So the sun spends two hours in each sign. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So this is talking about when the sun is in Virgo, which is roughly 3, 4 p.m. Okay. If the sun is in Virgo, the moon will be at her feet. When the sun is up, the moon is down. When the moon is up, the sun is down. Make sense? Right. Okay. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous dragon. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to earth. There's a constellation called Draco, and Draco means dragon. Its tail goes from Aries to Sagittarius, which is four twelfths of the signs, or one third of the stars out of the sky. These are all just metaphors about knowing your celestial bodies, knowing the 12 signs of the zodiac, knowing the 48 constellations that they knew at the time of the Bible. Now we know it's 88. That's all it is. It's explaining the heavens and it's putting them in metaphors in ways that people have to understand in order to decode it. See, before I a, I'm sorry. I have, a, I have a question. Have you ever heard <clears throat> um, other people talk about it and say that the dragons um, represent like um, Rome devouring all other nations and whatnot, and it's actually made up of all the nations that provided sovereignty to Rome? Have you ever heard that? I have, but then you'd have to explain the dragon's tail and the third of the stars, which I just did. Because mm-hmm. that's the same passage. Right. So I tend to believe things that have corroborating evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. You know? Okay. I've, I've heard of that, too. That's 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 I've heard of that, too. So, I mean, I've given examples so far, you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But people are just going to say... Yeah, you're kind of just cherry picking verses, and I don't really know. I mean, it kind of sounds good, but I don't know. It it makes total sense. Like when I first heard it, I was like, "Wait a minute, now I got to stop and think about this." And then, like the more that you get into <clears throat> reading the passages in the Bible. Um, and all the different Bible verses and stuff, it makes complete and total sense. I think so. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so too. And these decodings of passages, that's my work. That's what I do. That's what I, that's what I do. That's what, that's what's in my books is tons of passages. The way they decode it in the books is it's basically written thriller novels. So they're like codes that they have to crack. So they have to like fig- understand this science and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it helps too, like if anybody is interested in trying to understand this further, obviously you're going to need to have your Bible with you, but you also need to look at the Zodiac wheel Yeah, while you're doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it is a lot of work. It's Anyway, it's, go it's, ahead. It's a ton of work. You know, you're talking... What I've narrowed down into a presentation here probably took me, I would think, between learning about it and being able to like explain it quickly, maybe about seven years. I can understand that. It is it is very time-consuming, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, we can go into a longer passage if people are still not convinced. The this, this story of Job. Do you know the story of Job? Okay. Do it. Okay. No, I'm asking, do you know the story of Job? Yes, I do personally, but. No, okay, so let everybody know, if you don't mind, 
who he was, what his deal was, what what the what, what his story was. Well, that would be biased. So please explain. Okay. Fair enough. So Job was a righteous person who had everything in the world. He had land, he had animals, he had family, and he was a, a pious man. So Satan came up to God and said, you know, if you take stuff away from him, he's going to curse you. And God said, no, he's not. He's one of my most loyal people, but I'll take the bet. They made a bet. Mm-hmm. And he told Satan, you can take whatever you want from him, but you cannot take his life. So Satan said, okay, so little by little, his shit starts disappearing. You know, first family starts to die, then there's animals, and then there's famine. Job calls out to God, okay? And God responds to him. God actually talks to him. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you what God says to him, and I'm going to interpret it line for line. Okay. Okay. So first God says, can you lead forth the Maseroth? Now, the Maseroth literally means the Zodiac. So he's asking him right away, do you know your Zodiac? Over time, the word Maseroth becomes Mazalot. And then that evolves even further, which survives in Judaism today as Mazel Tov, which is a very old word. So imagine how old Maseroth is. Um, Mazel Tov, which means good fortune from the stars. And it's important to know that the book of Job was the first book written in the Bible. It wasn't Genesis. Okay, so what is the Lord's challenge to Job? He says the following. He says, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are, uh, those are two metaphors, right? But they're obviously talking about the stars. Mm-hmm. Then he says, can you bring forth the constellations in their season or lead out the bear with its cubs? The constellations are the zodiac above and the bear and its cubs are Ursa Major, the great bear, and Ursa Minor, part of the Big Dipper. Then he says, who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius. Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo. Who provides food for the raven? That's the constellation Corvus, which means raven and borders Virgo. Do you watch where the doe bears her fawn? That's Mriga, which means deer and is located in Orion. Who let the wild donkey go free? That's Acellus borealis, which means donkey and is located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus, the bull. Mm-hmm. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al-Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. Remember how I mentioned spear before? Right. Okay, this is the passage that mentions it. In the Bible, the two most important murders involve a spear. Okay, and that wasn't done by accident. Okay, and it represents Sagittarius with with the spear. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is Jesus, where he's he's uh, stabbed with the spear of destiny in his side when he, which kills him. Okay, and the other one is the story of Cain and Abel, where Cain uh, hit Abel with a rock and then buried him. But Cain in Hebrew actually translates to spear. That's what the word means. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where it is. Then he says, does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila, which is the Latin name for eagle and is a constellation a few degrees above the celestial equator. Finally, he says, can you pull on Levethian with a fish hook? And Levethian was the fish god. Okay. And that's Pisces. Right. So his entire, his entire dialogue is, do you know these signs? It's hidden. You see how it's hidden basically? Mm -hmm. Right. 
So it's, it's like this throughout the Bible. You can talk about Jonah being dead inside the whale for three days. Well, the sun is dead for three days. These are all different ways of telling the same exact story. And that makes complete and total sense, especially in the terms um, talking about Job and all of the different signs that you go through and you move through in that and asking him, like, do you understand what this means? Right. Yeah. He's saying, where were you when I created all of this for you? Who are you? Who are you to question me? Exactly. You know, everything, everything goes around the Zodiac. Everything has to do with the story that I told you. It's this, it's the major story. It's the story that's happened in every major religion. Everyone. And for people that people that don't know when you were talking about the spear, um, that's when Jesus was on the cross and, you know, there was a storm coming. That's the words that's going on in the Bible at the time. But there was a storm coming and the soldiers didn't want to stay. So they wanted to make sure he was dead. So they stabbed him in the side. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's a metaphor. Uh, incidentally, the uh, the crown of thorns on the head of Jesus, because Jesus is the sun, okay, mm-hmm. and it's metaphorical death. The crown of thorns represents the rays of the sun. Right. Okay. So, how the questions at the beginning, how Jesus was able to heal the blind. Well, if you're talking about, if you're reading it literally and you think he's a person and he has miracle traits, the blind man comes in, he touches his eyes, and suddenly he can see. But if he's the sun, the actual sun, mm-hmm. what happens when the when it's dark outside and the sun starts to come up? It touches your eyes, and suddenly you have sight again. Right. It's a metaphor. How he walked on water. Have you ever seen a sunset on a lake before? Oh, yeah. Where the sun dances on the water. Yeah. The sun dances. Mm-hmm. He walks on water. Okay. Right. He turned water into wine. I'm going to explain this one, and I know you know this, but I'm going to explain this for everyone, too. The reason God is considered a man and earth is considered mother earth, a woman, is because of God's sacred fluid, okay? His reign. Uh, Mm -hmm. In Hebrew, it's called shemen. We get the word semen from it. And God's sacred reign comes down onto mother earth and impregnates her, and from her belly, all things grow. Food, plants, flowers, trees, everything grows. So that's why mother earth is that. So what happens is you plant in Taurus, remember, you see the bull, April showers bring May flowers because that's Taurus. That's the time of Taurus right there. April showers bring May flowers. It rains and rains and rains and rains. And then it continues to rain for the year. And then it turns turns into wine when you get to Libra and you can pick the grapes and press the wine. That's how you turn the original water and the seeds into wine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why he had 12 disciples? Well, each of them, each of them represent... Uh, one of the zodiac signs. Uh, I, have a, I have a question. Did you ever hear, like when you were growing up, from your parents, grandparents, anybody, that when it was raining, it was actually God's tears? Well, have you ever heard it's that? Technically, something else. It's a sacred fluid. Sperm from the clouds. That's what it is. That's, that's what it metaphorically is because that's you put a seed in the ground 
and then it rains and then it grows. If it doesn't rain, it doesn't grow. And then you have famine. Right. Okay. This whole thing is an encoded, beautiful story that tells you basically how how to live your life if you know how to read it. Um, Why he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, we went over that. Why he was dead for three days, we went over that. Why his birthday is December 25th, we went over that. Now, the next part of this I can do. How are we doing on time? We're good. The next part of this is a little hard without the Zodiac wheel, but I'm going to do my best to explain it to you. It doesn't stop there. I've given you a ton of passages already that show this. I've explained some of the metaphors and some of the things about Jesus. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run through the entire book of Matthew to show how deep this runs. Okay. 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 <clears throat> so the book of Matthew, Matthew 3, 2. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Well, I told you the kingdom of heaven earlier was Leo, the sun being the ruling planet. Right. Okay? King- I have to mention kingdom that. of lions. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. each one of these zodiac, I mean, sorry, each one of these gospels starts and finishes on one of the four nodal points of the solstices or the equinox. And the closest solstice and equinox before Leo, if the kingdom of heaven is near, so it's it's coming up to Leo is mm-hmm. June 21st in Cancer. So that's where this one starts. Okay? Okay. Then, have you ever seen the Zodiac Wheel? You see, like, dividing lines between the signs? Yes. Okay, th- that's known as the firmament. That's what the firmament is. It's not a dome over a flat earth. That's not what it is. The firmament divides the signs. There's a, there's a saying in the Bible that says the firmament shows God's handiwork, and that's how he basically divides it. There's handover days. Okay? So... Now, the next passage is Matthew 3, 4. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. So I can't really do this or show or explain this to you that well, but basically work with me on this. Imagine the, imagine the, um, the zodiac wheel with Capricorn at the bottom and Cancer on top and the Vitruvian man superimposed onto it. Okay. Okay. Now the head is in Cancer. Okay. And the feet Mm -hmm. are in Capricorn. So Cancer being the head is why he eats the wild honey. Okay. Cancer being the head is why he eats the wild honey because of the beehive cluster. Right. Okay. Now, if you go a little lower on the Zodiac wheel, this is towards his like arms and such. Um, You guys clothes are made out of camel hair. Well, there's, there's, there's a star called Camelopardalis, which is in Gemini. So right there, you have the head and the upper body so far. Then moving a little lower on the body, now you're in Taurus, and that's signed with his his like waistline. Okay. Um, you'll get his midsection, which is where you'd wear a belt. Taurus represents the bull, which is the female cow, which is where you get the leather. Okay, that's why it was a leather belt. And regarding belt, Orion's belt sits between Gemini and Taurus. Mm-hmm. So... Now, how are we going to go? Next would be the baptism. So how are we going to go from the beginning of Leo, which is where we were, to a water sign that signifies the baptism? You go across the zodiac. And cross signs, as I've explained before, are the signs opposite locations. For example, Aries and Libra are cross signs. And, and you being a Scorpio, you and Taurus are cross signs. Okay? So it's all about, it's all about talking about the neighboring sign or the cross sign. That's what we're going to do this whole book. Here we, okay, so then you have the Cancer Leo firmament, and it 
brings you to the Capricorn Aquarius firmament. Now, Aquarius is not a water sign in, in, in astrology. It's actually an air sign. However, mm-hmm. being the fact that it's a picture of a man, it's, it's the man with the water pitcher pouring it out, you can speak about it as water. Okay? Okay. So the man with the water pitcher in Aquarius is personified as John the Baptist with the water. Okay, and it's important too to know that John the Baptist and Jesus are always exactly six months apart. So picture two little M and M's, or two little tacks, or whatever you want, walking alongside the zodiac. Okay, walking in order from Capricorn to Aquarius to Pisces to Aries in order. Where one is, the other will be exactly six months apart. Okay, John the Baptist and Jesus will be. Okay. Jesus is born on December 25th. Okay. That means that John the Baptist must be born on June 24th. Okay. So if you look at the Zodiac wheel, December 25th, it rises a degree a day. And then uh, June 24th, it's dropping a degree a day. Okay. John the Baptist is born on June 24th. This is why in John 3.30, John says he must increase, but I must decrease. It's also why St. John's Day is exactly six months to the day of the birthday of Jesus. That's another way that you know it, because they celebrate it. St. John's Day is, is June 24th every year. Okay, so they're always six months apart. So we're going back to the Cancer Leo firmament of July 24th, because that's where we were in the story. Okay. And... The next story is the temptation of Jesus. Now, you've heard of this, right? He goes out for 40 days. Right. It's, it's really simple. You just freaking count out 40 days. So what's 40 days from July 24th? That takes you to September 2nd, which is right in the middle of Virgo. Now, watch what happens. This is right in the middle of Virgo, the virgin with the weed stalk. What does the devil say? Matthew 4, 3. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So here we see the mention of the bread, which tells you that the sun is in Virgo. That's how you know you're on the right path. Right. Okay. Uh, The next passage. So you were in Virgo. So the next passage is Matthew 5, 17 and 22. I did not come to abolish the law. And if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. This takes place in the firmament of Virgo and Libra. When you're actually, when the story takes place in a firmament, what, what it means is you could talk about either side. So I just talked about bread, but now you're talking about law. So you see how you're between Virgo and Libra, and I explained mm-hmm. how both of those signs mean what they mean? Right. Okay. So this takes place in the Virgo-Libra. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthew 7, 9, 10. If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? So it switches back to Virgo. Then Matthew 5, I'm sorry, Matthew 7, 15, 16. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep. And can you pick the grapes from the thorn bushes? So the sheep are the ram in Aries and the grapes are in Libra. Those are opposing signs. Mm-hmm. It's not done by accident. There's a reason they, can, they, they, they wrote it this way. Right. So moving along, Matthew 13. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. So the story moves from Libra and you're just walking along the Zodiac until you get to the uh, barrier between Aquarius and Pisces. As he's right between the lake are the two water signs. It's cross sign. The Aquarius Pisces cross sign is the Leo Virgo firmament. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're in 
you sat by the lake, so you need a water sign, right? So that's Aquarius and Pisces. Makes It's a metaphor, right? Right. Okay. So it's a cross sign is Leo Virgo, and Virgo is the wheat. Okay. So the next parables are the wheat and the weeds, the mustard seed, and the yeast. So that's that's Virgo. Then the next is the fishing net parable. So we were just in Virgo. We're going to literally cross the zodiac again, go exactly across the zodiac, back to Aquarius, Pisces, and the fishing net, which is Pisces, fish. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Then Gemini is the sign of two men, technically twins. However, there's just a short mention of brothers in the next passage. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brother, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. This mm-hmm. ends at the firmament of Gemini and Cancer. The reason it ends at the firmament of Gemini and Cancer is because Gemini is the twins or the, or, or the brothers, right? Right. So that we just heard the mention of the brothers. So the death of anybody is the Sagittarius Capricorn firmament, okay, which is directly across from the Gemini Cancer firmament. And the very next story is the death of John the Baptist. Okay. So I'm going to give you an example outside of it. This is a sentence that I came up with that sounds like it could be in the Bible, but isn't. If I say to you, the rulers were divided between war and love, it split the land in half. You could read that literally, right? Right. Right. Or the ruling planet of Aries is Mars, who's the god of war. And the ruling Mm -hmm. planet of Libra is Venus, who's the goddess of love. There's your war and love. And if you connect it, it literally splits the zodiac wheel in half. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Those kind of metaphors, the one that I just showed you that I just came up with, that's how this is written. And that's why this was written this way. And people used to read it this way. Uh, Matthew 14, 17, and 32, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Oh, we went over that already. So you know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have the... We were just in Virgo, and now we're in Libra, which is law and wine, remember? Law, judgment, tax, right? right. All that stuff. So what right. stories do we get now? We get the story of the temple tax, the mm-hmm. unforgiving debtor, divorce and marriage, and the parable of the vineyard worker. So there you have you have law and wine right there. Right. Okay? Then, because we were just in Libra, the next sign is Scorpio, and we know he's the betrayer. So this is where Judas betrays Jesus with the kiss. Boo-hoo. Okay. And then finally, we after Scorpio, you go into Sagittarius, which is the next sign over. And the firmament between Sagittarius and Capricorn, again, here's where Jesus is crucified on the cross. And that's the book of Matthew. And I've done this to countless other books. Once you have the cipher to read this, it's so easy to. It's almost undeniable to me, at least. So... Here's a question for you. Like, why do you think, I mean, I have my opinions, but why do you think that this has been hidden for so long? Because in the year 325 AD, when Constantine, well, I don't know if Constantine actually united Christianity or if he did it on his deathbed getting baptized, but whatever. It's still up in the air what happened. Okay. Um, it's important to know that original Christians before the year 325 AD and what they did in the year 325 AD was they consecrated the Bible as literal and they started pillaging places and converting people to literal Christianity. Mm-hmm. Before 325 AD, original Christians were known as Heliognostics, 
That was the word for them, Heliognostics. And that's Greek. That's Helios, which means the sun, and Gnosis, which means knowers. They were sun worshipers. Mm-hmm. They knew this. Everybody knew this. Everybody knew what the Bible was. And because it serves purpose to create fear in people that there's a burning inferno waiting for you if you don't follow this book to a T. When it's just an encoded book. So uh, this may put you on the spot, but I have to ask, um, like, do you have a faith or you're, are you agnostic? I, I believe I, I don't call God, God. I call it prime creator because I think there are other creator gods. Um, without getting into like the Anunnaki or any of like Graham Hancock's or, uh, or Zachariah Sitchin's work or any of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I, I mean, there's, there's three commandments in, I mean, there's three commandments out of the 10 commandments that say, you'll have no other God beside me. I am your only God. I am a jealous mm-hmm. God kind of thing. Um, but I think that there is a creative force in the universe. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to any faith. No. Yeah. I got you on that one. So, um, like, tell me how many books do you actually have out now that have- people can get? I have uh, four, four out right now. I have four out right now. And uh, the fifth one's coming out June 15th. And the sixth one's coming out September 15th. That's fantastic. And you've gotten really good reviews because several of my listeners have already got your books. Um, Kudos to you on your success. Can you give people like a brief idea of like what like book one was about. You don't have to give, you don't have to give away secrets or anything okay. like that. Well, book, Just one like, is, book one is the story. Yeah. First of all, all the books follow. It's a series. Mm-hmm. They, they all, and you have to read one to understand two and vice versa. You have to go through it all. And book one is a story about a, a kid who's a Harvard medical student. Who's like a functioning alcoholic. Um, he kind of lives a little hazy. Um, and he gets a call from his mother that his brother, who was a, uh, a Marine in Syria, dies or died or killed himself or died. And there's confusion among that. And then he has to go to Washington, D.C. to pick up a medal from the president because she's giving a, a press conference about this. You know, it's for publicity and everything. Mm-hmm. On his way to D.C. with his friend, um, he stumbles on an old email that he found in his email that he never opened. And it was from an anonymous source, but he recognized that it is his brother. And mm-hmm. his brother sent him this long rambling nonsensical email, much like the Bible is unless you decode it. Mm-hmm. And what he has to do is he brings it home. He thinks nothing of it. He thinks his brother might've lost his mind. His best friend back home realizes that it's an encoded astrology letter. Okay. With, with all sorts of hidden codes in it. And it basically takes him up the chain of command to find out what really happened to him, which sets the main character who was not into conspiracy theories, who was not into this kind of stuff at all, just dives headfirst into it. And then he he ends up in the consequential books, he ends up, or the sequential books, he ends up uh, being the go-to to figure all this stuff out. It's really the, uh, the anti-hero story. That's really cool. And we kind of, 
touched on this briefly before. For those people that don't know, let me explain that. Um, we did, uh, like he showed me his presentation so I could actually see visually uh, what he was talking about. So him and I have talked about this before, even though um, like I can't upload it because my computer does not uh, <laughs> does not compute with the program. So anyway, him and I had discussed this before. And so one of the things that you mentioned before is it has a basis in like MK Ultra. Yes. Yes. I forgot that there's, there's a huge MK Ultra component to it. Where it basically okay. explains it to a newbie. And it so, yeah. like, what is, um, like, what is book two like? Book two is the story of the, the you know, the, the pyramids, their energy sources. That's mm-hmm. what they are. And uh, it was a guy who, not too recently ago, like four months ago or so, he put a pyramid on his land. He was a farmer. And he found out that the stuff that was in the pyramid grew four times as fast. Right. They're energy portals. And the capstones are missing. And so book two is about the missing capstones. Interesting. Very highly interesting. I highly suggest our listeners uh, get your books because um, there's a lot of great information in there. Yeah. If they want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook, I'm Micah Mm -hmm. Dank. You can, you can look me up. I talk to every single person that follows me or friends me. You know, I sell signed copies of the books. And that's fantastic. And people really, really appreciate that. So they can order uh, directly from you instead of having to get things on Amazon. You can get it from Amazon too, but I find a lot of people in the community that we're in, Janet, like don't Don't want to support Amazon. (laughs) Agreed. Me being one of those people. So I want to read you Um, one more thing that I forgot in the presentation. Absolutely. People are wondering where this all comes from. Now, would you agree at this point in the conversation after my presentation that there is hidden astrology in the Bible? Yes. Okay. So this is the Roman Catholic Catechism 2116. It says all forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm readings, interpretations of omens and lots, the phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums all conceal a desire for power over time, history, and in the last analysis of the human beings, as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers. They contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear that we owe to God alone. Okay, so that's the Catholic Church right there. There's clearly astrology in the Bible. It's clearly all astrology, and they're flat out telling you there's no astrology and to reject it. And that's why you can't go to church and talk to anybody about your sun sign because they'll look at you like you're the devil. Yeah. And I'm just going to back that up by saying um, I was raised in Catholic church, in Catholic school. Um, But everybody that knows me knows I have looked very deeply into the Vatican um, and how the Vatican got started, uh, what the Vatican is into. I can honestly say uh i'm not a fan of the catholic church anymore Mm -hmm. um because of the things that i found out but i will preface it by saying that i do believe in god i do believe in oh um, i do 100 percent. this doesn't take away my faith 
I do believe in creation, but I'm also very much into um, <clears throat> spirituality and energy and things like that. And so like when you were talking about the pyramids, I was like, oh, like makes total sense to me because everything they tell you and everything they push is bullshit. And so like the gravity is bullshit and all these other things are bullshit because the earth is energy itself. So are you. All and so <laughs> like to, to hone things in a period in a pyramid shape to make growth better makes complete sense to me. Well, all the pyramids too are on energy nodal points of our uh, earth's toroidal field. Right. There's, and there's, so there's, no, there's, you ever wonder why, like, for example, the pine cone, which represents the pineal gland. Right. Okay. The right. ivorus. That's that's the that's that's what it, that's what your pineal gland looks like. The right. eyebrow is the corpus callosum. The right. the the little nodule is the pineal gland. You ever wonder why you know Quetzalcoatl in Mexico or the court of the pine cone in in Italy and all these places around the world have pine cones everywhere? We're all right. tuned into the same knowledge and information. There's mm -hmm. just a business in keeping us away from it. Oh, 100% there is. And the the more, uh, like, I, I think personally that we are the most intelligent beings and the most intelligent, like, supercomputers that there are because, um, like, our need for knowledge is like a sponge. Mm -hmm. You just keep absorbing and keep absorbing. And once you know, you can't unknow things and i think it's very beneficial to them to tell you as many lies as they can repeatedly to get you to stop looking stop thinking stop believing and just follow whatever their agenda is and whatever their plan is because um those who have knowledge and those who have critical thought they can't destroy you because you're always going to find a way to outsmart. That's my personal opinion. Yep. So, I'm just saying, like, we are way more important than what they give us credit for. And I think a lot of it, too, is, um, which I know there are people that are going to have <clears throat> questions because they're, you know, diehard believers and in reading the Bible as is, you know, and not seeing the signs with the Zodiac in it and things like that. There's always going to be people, no matter what you say, no matter what topic it is, there's always going to be people that don't agree. And that's fine because you're, you're allowed to have your own opinions and stuff. But I think um, that a lot of the things now where it's like, <clears throat> talking about the sun, S-U-N, and healing the blind and stuff like that. And think about like nowadays, like, oh, don't look at the sun. Don't go outside. The sun is harmful. Oh my God, the sun is terrible for you. Mm -hmm. Like you can't look at it because you're going to go blind and you can't like be out in it because it's going to damage your skin and all of these other things because they need to sell you something. So think about like how many people 
run and buy sunscreen because the government told you that you had to run and buy sunscreen mm -hmm. because if you don't wear sunscreen, it's going to damage your skin. Mm -hmm. Look at the chemicals in sunscreen. Research that and tell me what sunscreen does to your skin. They want you to stay indoors, especially like during this pandemic and stuff. Uh, they don't want you to get natural vitamin D that your body makes from being in the sunlight because they need to sell you the vaccine or they need to sell you other drugs or they need to sell you, you know, whatever it may be. And it's the same thing with this information, in my opinion, is the more they can keep you blinded to things, the more they can sell you something else. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, Micah, thank you so much for joining me again today. Um, I hope everybody actually, you know, if you listen to this, go out and Search for, you know, the Zodiac Wheel. Look at that. Um, take a look at the Bible yourself when you're reading the Bible. Make sure you pay attention to the things that he talked about today because it is actually important and it does make a lot of sense. Um, form your own conclusions, form your own opinions. But I will tell you, research is priceless and doing the research that he does is amazing. So please support him, get his books. If you like to read, um, make sure you follow him on social media. He's on a lot of other podcasts, things like that. Make sure that you like, follow, download, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends about it. And where can they find you at again on social media? I'm at Twitter or Facebook, Micah Dank. On Facebook, I have a Facebook group called Micah Dank Into the Rabbit Hole, where people just kind of pile in. I share like positive, uplifting memes and, and post uh, interviews that I do and keep people updated with topics and everything. Mm -hmm. Very important. And I think that's good and it helps to get the word out. So anyway, for me and for Micah, thanks again for joining us for an epi another episode. And we will see you later. Thank you.